What's up, everybody? Welcome to Full Spectrum Universe. My name is Rob Yox. We have a wild show for you today. Today, we're going to be talking about cults. We have a guest by the name of Melissa Dawn, and it is going to be exceptional. Everybody strap in. It's going to be a wild ride. Let's go to the intro. Extraterrestrials on the moon. When he spies a discernible shape. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one. No government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. All right, we're back. Melissa, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. Introduce yourself for the for the audience. Well, um, I'm Melissa, uh, as Rob said, and I host a show called Deep Program Podcast. It's not my first podcast. I used to do one called The Secret Door, and before that, I did one called Drawing Out the Spirits, and I started behind the scenes on a really great podcast called The Folklore Podcast. But so mostly I used to deal with a lot of like, you know, I don't know, paranormal and the occult, but I was researching mostly about cults, not occult. And I decided there's a lot of paranormal stuff out there. I should, I want to focus just on this because it's, there's so much information. There's so much stuff to talk about. It's never ending because we live on a planet that is filled with cults. And so I just recently switched to deprogrammed podcast. And that's pretty much me in terms of podcasting. Um, I've done magazines. I used to write for a place called The Curious 14 online blog, and I'm graphic designer, and I work in sales outside of this. That's, that's an extensive resume, and we are so happy to have you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I feel like this is a topic that everybody should be uh, should be put in front of them so they can make their own decisions on what is and is not a mm-hmm. cult. Uh, as we as we go through life today, there is always uh, in, inklings. And uh, basically, when we look at a lot of things, we can see that there is some kind of cult formation, especially with a lot of like in today's world, there's a lot of it. So first, we're going to go into a couple of questions that I have for you, which is, you know, it, we all know what a cult is in, in sense of, you know, what to look for. But in your own words, can you describe for us what a cult is? Well, I mean, a cult pretty much is basically a social group it's a social type of group that but they have unusual agendas so it's going to be a group of people that come together you're going to have your leader your charismatic leader and he might have like a sub leader like a female sub leader or something like that and then you're going to have the followers but they usually they have unusual goals so they're going to be either religious spiritual political they can have that you know they can go all across around they could even be running as a business and but it's a cult underneath there's like there's one called the yellow deli I think that's what it's called that that does some strange things, but they'll have this goal in mind. It could be a spiritual goal. It could be an anarchist goal, but it's, it's in opposition to the mainstream people who are like work, you know, raise our kids. And it's, it's very different and it's very destructive. Uh, but underneath the cults, the leader is the one he's running the show, but it's usually money. It's usually always orientated around the money. The leader knows this, but the cult followers don't 
always realize this. So essentially, it's just a social group, but they just have these really strange goals that can be quite devious. It look it usually always looks really nice on the outside, like we want world peace or we want everybody to have free stuff or we're spiritual enlightenment. But underneath the surface, there's a lot of corrupt and devious activities going on. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy. And we were, you know, you talk about the followers and how they get caught up in this lifestyle that maybe they didn't mm-hmm. expect to right off the bat. How does somebody get so indoctrinated without actually will, willingly being, you know, unwillingly they get indoctrinated? How does that happen to people? Well, I'm not. I'm not a professional. Just so everyone knows, I'm not like I can't diagnose anyone, and so I don't have my degree or anything. But. I would say that the first thing that if you're a cult leader, you're going to look for in someone who's a follower, someone who is inexperienced and very has low set, lower self-esteem and really insecure or in a in a position in their life where they are insecure or lower self-esteem. So that is the basis of how they're going to be targeted to get sucked in and how and so if you have low self-esteem and you are unsure of the world or you're afraid of something or you have fears you are going to be sucked in by the first stages of a cult leader and that's by love bombing what and a narcissist would do that to you too they're going to say really they're going to move in incrementally but fairly fast and tell you the most wonderful things and make you feel really really good about yourself so that you associate those good feelings with them and that group and that's how they're going to start it but they they're cult leaders usually sociopathic so they know how to analyze people really well so they're going to look for people who have low self-esteem you know maybe out of the house for the first time maybe they're going through a divorce financial hardship single mom i mean there's a whole bunch of criteria that can make you have low self-esteem you could be uh, it has nothing to do with finances it's a psychological thing so yeah you mix those two together and that's the start of getting somebody in there in my opinion that's pretty it's pretty crazy. You know, I would think that maybe a lot of more like a lot of younger people would be susceptible to that. Like they grabbed them when they're a little bit younger yeah. and they're in there, maybe not their like past their pubescent phase, but getting into like the the social hierarchy of life and they really have no idea what's happening. And then they kind of get thrusted into this thing. And you said like love bombing would be to them. That would be su- such a great feeling. And right. uh, well, I mean, it can it can it, there's no age group either that's more the only thing that i would say stats and this could change in the future but it's 70 percent of cult followers are women 30 percent tend to be men so more women tend to follow cults than men but Mm -hmm. that could shift who knows like that could shift because cults are shifting more online than they are physical but um it can happen at any age. Um, young people are vulnerable, especially if they're in college for the first time. They're they're vulnerable in that way. But older people can be vulnerable because they're I don't know maybe frail. You could have rich people. They they you know they're they have so much money. They want something, and someone offers them something money can't buy. I mean, there's there's a whole there's that's why it's about the psychology and, and not necessarily about the demographics. Well, that's where the charisma of the leader comes in. He's giving them something intangible, as in a sense, like you said, money. But he's mm-hmm. giving them that intangible feeling of that they belong to, which is, you know, it's pretty wild. But, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of relevancy with cults right now. What do you feel in today's society are the most relevant cults? I know it's going to be a little bit of uh, taboo here, but, you know, uh, give give the listeners well, uh, some ideas of what a cult would be in today's society. That I, you think. I would say you're seeing a really big cult, cult-like anyways, uh, organization out on the streets in terms of what is happening with social justice warriors. And that stems from postmodernism and cultural Marxism that has been invading universities and colleges for decades. Um, It it goes all the way back, like way into the 1800s. Like it's, it's not new. This is just a new version of it that we're seeing on the streets. It's, it's in all the corporations. It's trying to invade all the governments, certainly invaded the democratic party. Unfortunately Um, it's all throughout Hollywood. Now the corporations are adopting white fragility and, and all sorts of divisive stuff, calling themselves, anti-racist and when they're promoting actual bigoted ideology it's i would say that's the big one right now i I would say it's even bigger than scientology 
Well, that's crazy because Scientology is pretty big too. You know, that's a, that's pretty wild. What when you have the governments promoting it? When you have half of political party promoting it, and Coca Cola and all these companies teaching the language, the woke language that they speak, and it's double speak. It's like totally like nineteen eighty four double speak. You know, Antifa says they're anti fascists and they behave just like fascists. Like it's when you have all those kind of people teaching it. The schools teaching it the universities teaching it um you see it in all the films and the movies i mean that's that's pretty big it's wild how they actually indoctrinated it into school programs which i could never for the life of me ever imagine happening you would think that that would be the most uh like down the middle type of rhetoric that they would spit in a school but obviously it's not well they don't they don't come out and say ha 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 we're gonna do something right. evil to you they're like well, don't we all want um, inclusivity? Don't we all want to belong? And I mean, that's cl- that's cult talk because people who want to belong in a cult, uh, like like, I mean, they, it, it sounds good, but it's not. It, they 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 want us. They reframe the way that the world is. They reframe that the way of reality. So instead of Hitler being a Nazi who's evil, now everything that's capitalist is nazi and evil they reframe they change the meanings of words they try to change gender identities they try to confuse children they try to confuse people about what reality is they even are attacking math now (laughs) like they'll even say their math isn't a reality as they sit down on their cell phones and their computers and drive cars and use technology based on reality of math they'll say math is sure. real they will you know it's all really divisive stuff but they they're saying but uh, we just want equality we want everyone to have a, a, a equity of outcome we want everyone to belong and so that's the facade the nice facade and you're you're seeing the ugliness on the streets right now because if you're not going to give it to us we're going to burn your entire well, country course. down Everybody mm-hmm. wants those things. Everybody wants those things. And typically, you know, I'm not that to that side, but I'm actually down the middle. But I do. I, of course, everybody wants those things. They sound grandiose. They're great. You know, they are good. Mm-hmm. So not to get too far into that topic with uh, today's politics. But have you ever uh, have you ever have you ever had any instances where you came in contact with a cult or anybody, you know, has come in contact with a cult? Um. Well, I have an ex-relationship who he was an anarcho-communist and then an Antifa member. He's been in a Hare Krishna, you know, all over. And um, I can tell you, it's um, it's a pretty scary disaster mess. It's quite abusive. And I mean, I don't know if we'll get into this in the future, but I'll just say cults are um, cults. The damage that cults do are not are forever for these people. That's crazy. I mean, so you actually saw this firsthand, like you yeah. saw firsthand of the of the the buildup and break or the breakdown and then buildup. Well, of he was he was a well established when I met him. So uh, I mean, I have no idea. Yeah, like he could have he, he had an addiction problem, and they you know places like Antifa look for guys like this, couch surfers, people who have emotional problems, people who have addictions, people who don't feel like they belong with their family, they have problems with their family, you know, they're always, and people who have drug addictions will always have problems with their families, because they are, they steal, they lie, they do all sorts of bad things, so they look for people who have family problems, and they use that in, as their benefit to, because people who have problems with family and have devices, if they're easy to mind control, and one of the elements of mind control in a cult, one of the things they do, there's a few things they'll do, but one of the things they'll do is they'll establish an us versus them. So if you have somebody who doesn't like their family and has lots of trauma, it's easy to get them, love bomb them, make them feel really good about the cult, and then say, look how good we are. The, your parents are evil or the society did this to you. That's why you're drinking. They're evil. It's really good to manipulate those kind of people into an us versus them mentality, which is what you need to keep them in your group. Awesome. Awesome. What would be after the love bombing? What's the next step that they would instill into these people? Is there another step to it? Well, I think in certainly in relationships, you would have the, you would, you would love bomb them, but you would also, do the mind control would start so Mm -hmm. the love bombing and if the love bombing if you would do the love bombing and if they're really ideal you'll step into mind control you'll do things like you will get them to tell all their secrets 
So you'll get them to say, um, it's called self-incrimination. So they'll be like, um, you know, Jim Jones would do this. A lot of people, they'll get you to tell, Scientology does this. So it's self-incriminating evidence or they, maybe they'll, they'll get nude photos of your or trauma from your family and they'll collect that data for a later date so they can use it against you. Um, they do public humiliation. So if, if after you're love bombed and you're a member, they will... Um, maintain like emotional control through um various sexes they'll humiliate you they'll humiliate a member to keep them in line they'll do um brainwashing which is that um us versus them they'll also rephrase reality so be once they got you into the cults into the group so you're surrounded by nothing but the group you've given up your life you've given all this stuff they've done an us versus them they start rephrasing reality and they start slowly manipulating your brain to see reality different that's why a lot of these kids out in the street think we're all fascists because they've been brainwashed in the universities they've been brainwashed by marxist cults and then they will also make you paranoid so they give you that comfort and they do paranoia attacks. They'll convince their victims and the family that the government's out to get them, that their families are evil, that every, that we're all fascists. So that's part of the us versus them. So it's like a mind control step and how they um, kind of, and that's, that whole steps, those things that I just described to you is part of a process of breaking down who you were so they can have total control over you and build you back up into the person who believes their construct that they're creating in the cult. That's that's wild. And it's kind of like you said before, it's almost like a self-serving blackmail. They use it to their advantage to keep you in line. And let's say you do want to leave. They'll say, well, you remember, I have all that stuff on you, you mm -hmm. know, and now you're going to go try and walk away. <laughs> That's not going to work. Yeah, and, and and if you look at Scientology, they do it in layers where you have to keep going up to the top of the... You'll probably never get to where Tom Cruise is, but you have to... Every time you have to go to another layer, you probably have to do some kind of test where you tell them stuff about yourself and you reveal more. And, and the more you reveal... Well, the more you reveal, the more trapped you get. The more you get pulled into the web of crazy. Right. <laughs> it's right. crazy. Now... Talking about cults, and, and of course, there's a broad history of cults themselves. What would you say are some of the most, let's say, re relevant through history cults that we wouldn't necessarily see as a cult? Hmm. Like we talked about before, maybe the, the Freemasons or something like that. Well, I don't think the Freemasons is the most devious thing because you can leave. Mm-hmm. You don't have to stay there. And as far as I know, I, I, I knew I know people who have been Masons. Now, maybe it's different when you get way up there, but they've been able to they don't have to dissociate with their families to be part of the cult. So I don't know if I would call it cult, a cult. Maybe they have some cult like elements of it. Mm -hmm. But I would say there's probably a lot of places like Yellow Deli. It's a cult, but you would think it's just a deli. It's a restaurant. Mm -hmm. There could be businesses that are nonprofits that are running as profits out there that are actually running as cults and nobody knows because they're just like, we're this nonprofit deli and we're raising money for young men and da, 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 da. But they are actually operating as a cult behind the scenes. So there's it's like a whole there's like a whole sub society within this mm -hmm. business that basically becomes the you become the business itself. <laughs> well, when you go to the Yellow Deli's website and you actually start reading their about it, it's you realize it's not not a business. But if you don't go do that, you would just be like, oh, let's go get a sandwich at the Yellow Deli. <laughs> but when you go and read their page, you're like the subway doesn't talk like this <laughs> yeah. they, they, they don't and give this me this is, on the cheese bread at um, i was like so, like it's really strange strange language for a business to tow um i would say that there's a lot of pyramid kind of um schemes out there that are kind of cult like like i would actually be willing to say something like young living a lot of these oil essential oil things I, i'd mm -hmm. be really wary of joining those kind of really? groups yeah, well, it's a pyramid scheme. You can never make money. You, the only way you can make money is getting other people to join. Right. And, and you have to buy so much stuff, you never make money. And when you get down to it, it's it's actually a really devious 
schematic on how to sell that doesn't make you or anyone else money. It makes the guy who started it money, but they lure you into all these events and you have to pay money to come to these events to idolize the guy who started. And it's really weird. If you go and look at a lot of these, you think, Oh, essential oils, what's the big deal. It's like huge. Like the, all these women go crazy. All these massive put on events where there's like rocks, like performances. And it's when I started to look at it, there's a documentary on Netflix that was talking about it. Um, but essential oils, I would have never guessed that that had like a pyramid scheme kind of young living. And what was the other one? Um, oh, I forgot it. There's a couple of big ones and they just go right crazy luring women in and their money. And, and, and because women are such a target for cults, the middle class, upper middle class women with expendable incomes to buy, you know, essential oils that aren't going to do them any good. They're not right. going to do all the healing that they say they are. I mean, that's a gold mine for a that, market. That's crazy. You know what that reminds me of when you say that? It reminds me of like women who do Tupperware parties. They have this one lady who comes in and says, okay, here's all these Tupperwares. We're going to do it at your house. You're going to fit the expense and mm -hmm. clean up afterwards. We're going to sell my Tupperwares. But now you threw mm -hmm. the party, so you get a free Tupperware. Mm -hmm. But we're going to keep doing this. And then the next lady has it. And then the next lady has it. Yeah. And then the next lady. And then everybody buys stuff because they're yeah. friends. I think Young Living's more devious because it's preying on, like, at least with Tupperware, you're going to buy it. You get some good Tupperware that lasts a long time. And if it That's breaks, true. they'll replace it, right? They give you what you're offering. I think Young Living is very devious because in a lot of stuff, they make claims that are not true and they are preying on people's insecurities about their health mm -hmm. and their wellness and their mortality. And I think that makes it a little bit more devious than Tupperware. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Now, one one thing I looked at was this gentleman by the name of James Lindsay. I know when we talked the first time, you said mm -hmm. that he was a very good point to look at and his references on what cults were. Do you have any like favorites from him or anything that you see that's most fascinating well, that he talks about? James Lindsay was a mathematician, actually. He, I think that's what he started off with. So I think he's looking at the woke cults on Twitter and he's looking at the language of them and how they're trying to redefine reality. And I'm I, if you look on Twitter, you'll see that he complains about their, their they're trying to like social justice warriors and Marxists are trying to say two plus two can equal five. It doesn't mm -hmm. always equal four. And they will argue against the reality of math. Now him being, and even professors who teach math are now trying to talk this talk because I think it's just trendy to be woke or they've been indoctrinated somehow. And so I think it really burned his like, just irritated him how they were trying to they, they can't just stay in the philosophical courses or sociology or intersectional stuff they they're trying to invade mathematics and that's where he was like hell no <laughs> like <laughs> that is not happening because two plus two equals four they're saying well they're, they're, they try to say like oh okay well it's just a representation of something no they can get all philosophical like that but two is a solid solid representation of two items in space it has solid meaning you can't change it around you could call it five but it's still two items one and two sitting in space so they're trying to that's how they want to undo society that's i mean we would be right back to mid medieval dark ages if we allow them to undo these really solid structures of mathematics that and that's how they want to undo america and right. all of the world so they can create a new structure is that they start pulling everything apart. And and they're they're not only wrong, they're very dangerous. It's not a light cult. Like I find social justice warriors and what they want to be very medieval. Very medieval. Like they want us all, basically all to put us in hierarchies of how important we are based on intersectionality and how disabled we are, or how minority we are. And I find that you're supposed to be have things based on an individual and your achievement. That's the whole glory of the Western world. You can be anyone sure. or anything, right? But if they're putting you in hierarchies that you might as well be a peasant again, you know, and, and who gets to decide who gets what and who's like, do we all just pretend we're disabled and, and messed up so we can get up the hierarchy? Like, like, where does it end? No, that's wild. That's wild. And, you know, and you talk about that with the social justice warriors when that double speak, that double speak is like the, to me, the most divisive thing that they can, that they can literally produce because 
you know, they tell you to that that it's one way, but they act in the complete opposite. You mm-hmm. know, what what to me, what makes people feel that that they're actually doing the right thing when they're not following their own, you know, instinctive jargon, shall we say? You know, it to me it it just it's it's wild. It's wild. And I think most of them probably started out with good intentions, but I they're they're brainwashed. They believe this. Right. Right. Like they, I mean, they literally believe all of the things that they're saying because they have been brainwashed. Whatever their insecurities are, whatever they think they're trying to do, they've been brainwashed to believe that this will make the world a great place. And the problem with their ideology, the postmodernism, the cultural Marxism, the BLM, the Antifa, the, you know, all the professors is that it's almost like a cleansing. They want to cleanse the world of everything they see bad. And I'm, they might not the Hitler wanted to do the same thing. Sorry guys, but it's, it's a dangerous, dangerous ideology. It's like, you think like us or we will get rid of you. That's and that's just, what it's turned into. It's crazy because, you know, my question I have for you is what actually makes these uh, smaller cults become so mainstream all of a sudden, like radically fast. I would, I would, well, social justice warriors never been small. I think it starts out in the university, but I would say it's going to be money and who you, convincing people with money and power to support it. So mm-hmm. somehow you have to convince people with a lot of money to funnel money into your belief system and social group right and that's that's the only way they're going to become if you get money and big marketing and mass exposure uh, or into the schools and you've got to know the people so you know there's no other way you would do it i mean i i guess you could go viral on on youtube i guess something could just hit the cult the culture the right way but i'm not so sure i mean I think now, I think it has to be really cleverly constructed. When you say that going viral, um, that to me would think of like Cardi B. Like Cardi B came on the scene mm-hmm. really quick. She's got 70 million followers and uh, or AOC, we'll say AOC. AOC now she thought yeah. that she shut down certain events because she tweets out these things telling people yeah. to do this and that, you know, not to get She's got money behind her though. Of course, and TYT supported her, the Young Turks, and they have some. They have people who are putting money behind their network because they're spouting the right socialist, social justice warrior rhetoric. Right, and they TYT didn't always have this power. They it was a few years. Yeah, they were small, but because they were talking and they were collecting more subscribers and they were talking the talk, um, they became it became of interest to somebody with money, somebody with power who want who had that same agenda. They they definitely have a, a financial backer, and I can't well, remember who it is because I, I know they got financial backing from someone well, at some point to become more of a corporate kind of thing, which is well, ironic that that they they hate cor- capitalism. I, I I don't know if corporatism is a real capitalism. I think it's 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 kind of a strange. It's strange corporatism. It's not really real capitalism. It's not fundamentally capitalism. It has no. certain aspects that are definitely different. I've looked into that as well, and it's 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 more like the everything resolves around the corporation itself. So now the corporation mm. gives you implements of your life and how you should live your life, but it's really just a business. It, it's, yeah, it, it's a it, business, but they try to create this faux culture around mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like really a cold culture, if you ask me. Well, of course, it revolves yeah. around money. If you're not making yeah. money, you're not living properly. That's how they. That's how yeah. You know, exactly. bottom lining it. If you're not making that money, then you're not living it. And the fact that people get behind certain people like this, and I know we're talking a lot about politics and government. We're just using these as examples mm-hmm. to really show you in today's society what a cult is manifesting or what is manifesting into a cult, shall we say? And it's it's wild to think about it because if you don't take a step back and really look at these things, you're just thinking, oh, they're just uh, somebody in the political party trying to push to get to get into office. No, when they get into office, things are going to radically change because mm-hmm. of what they're trying to instill in society as they go. Yeah, and and I mean, you see it. Politicians usually never do what they say they're going to. They do something totally different. And it's probably because they have some agenda to some person that is, I mean, 
they 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 are laundering money. They're just doing it in a clever way, so you don't dis, 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 discover it. I mean, why would Obama or Hillary get paid like five hundred thousand dollars to do a speech? That's a form of money laundering. Mm-hmm. Well, of so, course. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it too, when they're you know what they were doing is they were funneling money through specific groups, which we're not going to mention on the air because it would nope. it wouldn't be woke, but. <laughs> so they were funneling certain groups that were activist groups, and they were uh, actually funneling that money through the Democratic Party. Now, when the Democratic Party gets up to bat, they have to follow that specific ideology. Otherwise, to keep the money funneling through. Right. Otherwise, yeah. they're going to lose that whole backing, that whole base, which is why you've seen such radical shifts in in the way things are. And you know, of course, they used different tactics to try and make people see what they want them to see. But it's obviously of right now it's not working, but I'm trying to not get specific and I apologize because I don't want this to to be anything, you know, they control mainstream media for the most part, or at least they try to, but fortunately we have smaller people on YouTube and real journalists on the ground. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I would consider myself more of a historian than journalist, but looking at the way that these bodies have uh, handle themselves throughout history, it's the same thing you see because history repeats itself. So it's the same thing you've seen from the 1800s, the 1900s. I mean, it's all really just radicalizing people for a specific agenda, which happens more often than not, maybe not so much in this country, but in many countries, like many countries around the world, you know, and it's crazy. But uh, <clears throat> so we talked about money and cults. What's the weirdest thing you've ever actually encountered while studying a specific cult oh boy that's a, that's a rough thing. one right that's a rough one i mean they're all pretty strange um hmm that's a tough one the weirdest thing um well, maybe not so much the weirdest just maybe uh an ideology that they have that you think is just completely nuts you know like something that they feel is not is that wouldn't usually be mainstream but you look at it you go well that's crazy that's crazy. Well, I thought social justice warrior is crazy, but there's there's got to be. Um... Oh dear, that's all right. I'm, st- you... I'm stumped on that one. I mean, I thought the deli thing, the the yellow deli thing, was a little strange, but I mean, it, they all go in line. I I just did a show on the. It was called the call. Oh, this is actually really weird. I did a show called the Cult of Jackie, and it was literally a group based on Maoist sort of communist ideology, and this guy. And his wife convinced these people that, um, and this was in London, the suburb of London, to, like, he got them in this cult. And they, a lot of them were minorities. One woman was Irish. It used to be a bigger cult. The police broke it up and it ended up just being this man, four other women, and a child was born in amongst that. And he had them convinced of the most bizarrest, craziest stuff. Like they couldn't leave because Jackie, um, um, it's an acronym was watching them and could, you know, get them. And almost, it was almost like a nebulous matrix where it could just zap them. And he had them convinced he had all these powers and that they like just the craziest Maoist. And of course it was the same thing. We're all fascist and evil, but they stayed in this house for like 30 years. Wow. We trapped, we trapped them in this house for like 30 years. These four women and this young girl. This young girl was born in this house. She never really left it. They, he did, he had them convinced that going to the hospital was bad and that they would hurt them and that Jackie would zap them. And he had them convinced, oh, they couldn't go to the dentist. And these women were, and, and a lot of them were adults grown adults when they got into this cult, but he had them convinced so bad. They th- believed him when he said, if you go to, you don't have to go to the dentist. When your teeth fall out, a new pair will grow back when you reach a hundred. And they believed that. Wow. And That's- so they wouldn't go to the dentist. And when the cult finally got busted up, it got busted up because the young girl who was now, gosh, she would have been close to 30 or something like that. Mm-hmm. She was coming down with type two diabetes and he went, two of the women also had already died. By the way, one jumped out a window and died and they fluffed it off. He was able to, to fool the authorities every time something happened. So one of the cult members finally took this young 30-year-old girl to the hospital when he left to go shopping because she was losing weight and she looked like she was dying. Well, she had type 2 diabetes. 
and they wow. weren't doing anything about it. And she'd never been to a doctor or anything in his life. And that's when they discovered it. They went in to bust the cult and arrest him. And these people were upset. And when you tried to explain to them the reality and that, no, your teeth won't grow back, they just wouldn't, it didn't matter. And you could see the damage, the br- right. actual brain damage that had, that happens from this stuff. And it was insane. They had, they, they were upset and they regretted taking that girl to the hospital and saving her life because they wanted the cult back. Right. Now, I know mm-hmm. you're not a psychologist, but like you said, the damage that they do to go to the next phase of it is when these people are detached from society for so long to re-implement them back into society. I mean, it's really a struggle, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I feel that, like you said, there's so much damage done. Like, like we, when I was talking to you a little bit before we started that, you know, a lot of people, they try and do uh, interventions with the younger people, their parents will grab them. They'll, you know, they'll intervene and say, listen, what you're doing is wrong. It's not right. And when they do that, these people actually, they don't get it. They end up running back. Now, to re-implement somebody back into society is so sinister what these people do brainwashing them that it shows you the effect that they have on them. You Mm -hmm. know, that's like Heaven's Gate. You remember Heaven's Gate, Cole? Yeah. Yeah. That that was uh, some of them after that happened tried to even commit suicide because they didn't they didn't go and do the mass suicide with the group. Isn't it right? Right. Right. Yeah. they, their ideology was literally waiting for aliens to come down and take them away from the, And what he did was I was reading about it. He literally took a lot of the research of uh, abduction stories up to that point. And he, and he literally interpreted that into a, some type of religious text and religious motivation for these people to believe that, that all of a sudden that these aliens were just going to come down and that he was the prophet that they sent here. Yeah. which is wild. And that just goes to show you again, how much brainwashing it must've taken him 20 years to figure out all these abduction stories into this iconic type of religion that these people would follow into it, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a couple of points on what happens to the mind that I, I can make right, right off the bat. So one is that, I mean, a Harvard psychiatry professor named Dr. John G. Clark has said that, um, when they look at symptoms of te- temporal lobe epilepsy, they're very similar to the what is being reported in the brains of people with cult conversions. Like the, um, they'll often have increased irritability, loss of libido, no sexual interest. They they become compulsive attention to details. They have to be in mystical states. They don't have any sense of humor, no sobriety. They they have a heightened sense of paranoia. And I'm, I was reading another article that was talking about how um, how horrible it was to get people out of cults and get them back into mainstream life. And so we're talking about permanent brain damage to their brains that is like mimicking um, epilepsy. Wow. And they're saying like a lot of these people experience depression, guilt, fear, paranoia. Their speech has slowed. Their uh, body posture is um, very rigid. They they don't like their physical appearance. They're very passive. And they also, it damages their ability to actually have a memory. Their memory is impaired. They have, their short-term memory is totally damaged. Wow. That's, see that, I, I understand that because they, 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 like we were talking about before, there's actually a sexual aspect to these cults too. That mm-hmm. these, you know, I don't know if you want to go into it a little bit of what they try and do. <laughs> well, I mean, money is one big element that the cult leader will try to has, but he'll also often always be having sex with other members. And depending on the cult leader, depending on what he believes, he'll a lot of times it, it, you go and look at the group. So I was watching one on one group and I can't remember the name of it. It's a ver- it's a devious group. And I believe River Phoenix. And Joaquin's Phoenix parents had him in there, but they took them out. I think it's called the family now. They've shortened it over time. But they used to be called something else, and the name's escaping me. And they had it in their doctrine about um, that sex was okay with children. And so the leader was doing sexual stuff and slowly getting children into sexual ideas. Now, when this one woman finally got – she escaped with one of her kids, and like three or four had to be left – in in the it, the cult had been in like 
I don't know, the Philippines or Thailand or something. And she, they did a bust and they got the four kids, other four kids back years later, because she had to recover from the cult first. And the kids were screaming and crying and thought she was a villain. And when you tried to explain to the children that sex, and they, so they held up the doctrine, they held up the doctrine that showed everything about sex with children and they got enraged. They were very rigid in their thinking. They got enraged. They're, you're not supposed to have that. So they were obviously told that this is secret doctrine. No one's supposed to see this stuff because it was telling, you know, about how to have sex with kids pretty much and cuddle them. And they were enraged and they're, and they were accusing the psychologists of um, that. That's not, that's love. That's natural love for, for children. You're allowed to love children. So they've been told since they were little that it was love and so you could tell they 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 were at the cognitive dissonance and their brains were just they're so rigid and so the damage i mean there's going to be some members who know that this is wrong but i think they're they're going to confuse it with this is i'm giving you god's love or i'm giving you this love and they'll confuse love and nurturing with depraved sexual acts and it really causes huge damage and when you when they're forced to realize what it is they'll have that guilt rage shame and it's wow. it's really damaging that's insane that's insane yeah. and you know it's crazy too because uh as of right now you know that they're doing like a big campaign to save children and in places like denver they're putting up flyers that 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 pedophilia is okay and in yeah. no and right mind of any adult do we look at that and say that's great that's good no yeah. like if, go ahead uh, no I was, if I, I am dumbfounded that people are so brainwashed that they actually are letting this one pass like this. I've, I'm just so horrified that pedophiles are trying to attach themselves to LGBT groups. Right. Cause I, it's, those, uh, those lifestyles are fine, but to add cons- a P to yeah. the end of that is not fine. And they're actually no. going to do themselves a disservice by by accepting these specific people into their group because their lifestyle is their lifestyle, which is fine. They do whatever they want to do more power to you, but not the pedophiles. I don't. So from talking to a lot of my friends who are gay, they're, they, you know, they'll, they'll fully say like, well, there's a lot of people with problems in LGBTQ, just like the rest of the world. And a lot of the activists have huge problems. A lot of people who are activists are actually fucked up, even in yeah. like, sorry, I, I didn't mean to swear there, but there's a lot okay. of people in um, like, even in the sixties in Woodstock that were activists that were messed up. I can't remember his name, but one of the guys was this total hippie socialist activist. He ended up murdering one of his girlfriends. Like he was a violent a woman abuser. So mm-hmm. just because someone's an activist, just because someone's an LGBTQ, doesn't mean they don't have problems themselves and so a lot of people who are normal people they're but they're gay or they're lesbian they have jobs they they, you know being gay or lesbian is one element of their identity they have families they have all this other stuff that they identify with they're not very like they're like what the hell is this a lot of them are distancing themselves from these parades and these groups because they said like they just present our us as all about debauchery and it's insane well, of course, they know that they know that that's not right. And, you know, of course, with the way society was acting towards these people for a very long time, it actually I could see why that some of them actually have certain issues yeah. in mental health because yeah. they've gone through their lives where, you know, now is totally different. They're, you know, they're accepted. But for a long time, which is wrong, it's mm-hmm. completely wrong that these people were not accepted as they were from the moment that they, that they came to be whatever they whatever they thought they wanted to be you know yeah. they should have been accepted but of course that's going to do mental damage which is what we're, yeah. thing we're you know which, but i think i think the people that are trying to get this p added are not the main of the community i think there's some extremists in the community sort of needs to be like i hope, uh-uh. I hope not i hope not i, I, hope I don't not. think it's the the main community i i would hope not right right and guys, also in the comments, if you guys have any questions as we're going along, not to cut into this, this is a very serious subject, but if you have any questions as we go along, please feel free to put them in the comments. And uh, Melissa will do her best to try and answer them, or if I can <laughs> answer them, I've been doing some, I've been doing some research on it myself ever since I knew we were going to have this conversation because we had to reschedule it one time because of the power outage. Oh yeah. So you know, actually, while we're while we're doing this, let me put up the uh, places where you can actually find Melissa as well. 
She has a podcast, as you can see here. This is where her podcast is. And guys, you really need to check her out too because she does great work. I've seen a lot of the podcasts and she really does a great job of explaining things just like she's done today. She's very knowledgeable in a lot of different areas besides this as well. So please go and follow her. She also has a Facebook group too, which is right here. Uh, that's actually, I apologize, not a group. That is the page where you can find her podcast. I apologize. <laughs> so, you know, uh, not not to get off the topic a little bit, but is there anything else you really want to, I mean, we're not getting close yet, but, you know, is there anything else yeah. you want to talk about well, while you're here today? There, there's that. There's all that information, but also my old podcast, Secret Door Podcast, if people like paranormal stuff, those episodes are still on the YouTube channel. So you should subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um uh, it's if you go to deprogram.com, you'll see that there's a link to go to the YouTube channel because it does have a, a playlist of the old, more paranormal episodes. Still they are, there, they're good too. I remember, <laughs> I remember, I was watching your live stream and you were going over these. Uh, I think they were Time Life books. Where oh they were, yeah, that was on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I've got them sitting on the couch here still. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that was so cool because you know you remember seeing these specific things and you're like, holy cow, this is Flashback. crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I right, just to let everybody know as well is every time we have a guest on like Melissa, we do an extra half hour to 45 minutes on Patreon.com, which is on the screen here, or Subscribestar.com, all backslash Full Spectrum Universe for $2 a month and only $2. You will get not only an extra half hour with each guest, we do new shows three times a week. You will get, if you are a regular person who's just on YouTube, you will get one of those episodes. If you are on our Patreon or our subscribe star, which is always found in the details of every episode, you will get three of those on top of other extra episodes. So do yourself a favor. If you like what we do here, I can always use the support. Uh, we're trying to get bigger. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of an announcement in a little while of what actually uh, happened this weekend, but we're going to let Melissa go a little bit further. Melissa, what else, what else, what else do you, would you like to talk about today? Is there anything else that you feel that you need to uh, present to the audience? Hmm. Um, well, I guess we could, um, talk, well, I mean, we talked about the love bombing and we mm -hmm. talked about how they're pulled in, in the, in the brainwashing. I mean, I do have a cult one-on-one page on the website. Um, I was, I just released a show called the Jezebel spirit. Now we're talking about a lot of personality disorders. Uh, mm -hmm. on that one because um, a lot of cult leaders do have personality disorders or they're psychopaths or they're narcissistic personality disorder. They have Machiavellianism, which is like the end justifies the mean. And so one of the things that I've been defining is that everybody looks at the cult leader and, and how the cult leader is so villainous and, and they, they truly are because at their base, they're probably a really empty person. They've made this fake construct of a cult leader. Like Jim Jones was an atheist. Yeah. He wasn't religious at all, but he made this false preacher um, whole concept probably because he was really empty inside. But a lot of people point to the, um, the cult leader as uh, the big problem, but it, it's an equation. Cult leader plus follower equals the cult and the social group. And so and a lot of people don't look at the cult followers as a huge issue. And, and one of the things I've been looking at lately is how like that, that insecurity, the low self-esteem, maybe a more codependent personality is really a big thing at play here. Um, in the, in our world that, I mean, you can have as many cult leaders as you want, but if people aren't codependent and aren't insecure or not feeling needy, and that's, I mean, it's a really hard thing to address, but if people are, weren't so codependent, you wouldn't, it would be harder to make you fall into an actual cult. I think codependency and this low self-esteem is, is a really big issue. Sure and, sure, and a lot of people are taught to be codependent in in the relationships with their parents and the, and their family. That's 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 wild too because you know, like like we were saying before, the first thing that they try and do is separate somebody. So it's at the moment you would actually see these people trying to separate you from what you knew your whole life. For me, of course, that would be a mm -hmm. red flag. But yes. some of these people who are growing up and just don't know themselves well enough yet. They just see it as something great. Like it's, 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 it's. 
baffling to me how it's that happens. The, the easiest way to put it is people pleasers. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women, I think that I think that's why it's higher for women. Because women tend to want to be more people pleaser. I'm not saying they always are, because obviously men join it as well. Sure. I think, and I think it will shift now that it's on the internet. And that's another thing where the, I think somebody, I don't know if it's you or somebody else that was telling me that cults were down. And I'm like, yeah, maybe in your Jim Jones, your real time physical church cults are mm -hmm. down. But online, I have a feeling it's worse than we think. Oh, absolutely. A, it's, it's, absolutely. It's huge online. There's a thing with 4chan where they actually have a movie about this, where these men become like asexual and there's just something that they're so they're so involved in these chat rooms and chat boards that they don't actually experience real life anymore. Their life is devoted to being on these rooms and being, uh, I guess, like a part of these groups, but it makes them feel like a... Uh, like a sense of of like togetherness, belonging. Yeah. yeah, and they have this specific name. I forget what it's called, but to me, it was wild. It was um, wild. Like if like my son ten, especially during coronavirus, he tend to like to spend a lot of time on these, and I was getting really concerned that because I was like, "Don't you want to go back to school?" And he was like, "No, no, 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 no." And I'm like, "Well, don't you want to meet people in real life? I can talk to them on the computer." I'm like, "Yeah, but it's it's different." It's different. You'll feel better when you go back to school and he's not happy. They have to go back. And I'm like, please open the damn school. Our numbers are really low here. He needs to go back. Like I'm, I'm just, I was like trying to get him off and go for a hike with me. And I made him go grocery. He was mad. Like, well, I want to, I don't want to get the coronavirus. I'm like, no, you just want to game all day. And I right. thought, wow, this is really unhealthy for you to rate at 14 to 15 to be establishing this, like, like codependency on this this well, computer it's sure ugh. i mean when i was 14 or 15 we used to like we didn't have we had video games but it wasn't this big there wasn't online gaming yeah it was just games so yes. going out with your friends whether it be bike riding trying to meet girls even just walking around the mall was way better to me like i used to hate grocery shopping now i love it because mm -hmm. i pick up nothing but snacks I get what I want. No, but yeah. you know, but there was like a there was a culture where we went outside and we did a lot and that slowly faded away and it it's concerning. It's concerning to me as, you know, I'm not a parent, of course, but you know, when I see kids inside all day long and they're playing, it's just it's wild. It's wild yeah. to me. And I mean, we would binge play video games maybe on the weekend when we were younger but it like you said it wasn't hooked up to an internet where we were mass playing and communicating and socializing that way we would play video games but the parents would take it away and kick us out and we'd have to go to the store we'd have to go do stuff and we didn't have cell phones either where we we're always hooked in right right and so i think that all this technology has i mean it's made it so easy for cults to run like you don't even have to rent a place or lure them to where you are physically. You can get them in online, and it's so easy. Just go click, click, and join. Right, right. We have a question actually in the uh, comments here. It says, "What do What do you think about Scientology?" Oh, um, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's awful. I think it's awful that people, uh, celebrities, are. I don't think they're actually naive. I think they do it because they know it's going to get the money. But the fact that, um. You can link it and go all right through to OTO and Thelema and Ron Hubbard, you know, based it off of a lot of science fiction. And it was just, it's so ridiculous and absurd. And it just shows you, I cannot believe that people with money are like, yeah, this will make me nice and special. And I, I'll, I'll delve into this. I'm, I'm not, I haven't really delved deeply into Scientology. So I'm not, I know it was a kind of like a bet where Ron Hubbard was like, yeah, I could make money off of a religion. I can create a religion, but it's become way more in depth than he could have ever under that miscavige guy. And the only reason that it's going strong is because it has its celebrity base and it's all about money. And I'm pretty sure that they have tons of dirt on all those celebrities and none of those celebrities are ever going to leave. Oh, I've heard, I've heard that. I've heard that they actually have a lot of uh, 
maybe not naked pictures, but they have like financial thing, like financial records. Or that someone's secretly gay or something that they don't, that would make their career not as viable. Right, right. Which is insane. I think that's crazy. You would even give anybody that that power over you to relinquish that power would, to me, would be just, you know. I think that the clever thing that they're in with Hollywood was very clever because it's very powerful. Um, it's it's powerful in a way that you wouldn't have if you just had, like, um, I don't know. I mean, apparently Jim Jones was deep in political with a lot of politics, too, and he had a lot of political funding, and it, and that's not really well known. But the fact that they're doing this through celebrities was very clever. Um, I'm not sure who Ron L. Hubbard knew or who these people knew or how they got in with celebrity. That would be something that I'd have to research more. But right. it's very clever because it's it almost makes me never want to watch Hollywood movies again because you just don't know who's who in the zoo and who's in with it. But, I mean, have you – there's a show that um, Joe Rogan did with Miss um, Cavage's father. I think it was Ron Miscavige. He got out of the Scientology church. His right. son, David McCavage, is it Dave? I can't remember his name. Anyways, Ron Miscavige escapes the church. His son is the one who's leading it right now. And some of the stuff that he says about the church, like you, be- I believed him because I'm like, why would he escape and then lie? Like he sounds pretty authentic when he's talking about how you know awful his son is. That's pretty and, wild. And pretty his wild. son, like, they, they once you're gone, once you're out of Scientology, you're discommunicated. So to his son, he's evil, and you have to get him and destroy him and get rid of him. That sucks. I mean, to be, it's like pitting family against family. One person leaves, the other person's not going to be – you're mm-hmm. not able to talk to that person anymore, which is, you know it, – It's, it, it's, it's almost like cults turn people into robots. They become so rigid. Right, right. I mean – It's programming. It definitely is. It's all about mind control, like you said, the love bombing, the mind control, and and all things like that. And you know, we're gonna we're gonna actually gonna close up very shortly, uh, Melissa. Well, well, before we go over to the other side of the description side of this for the extra half hour, what else would you like to tell the people? First, let them know where they can find you again, just to make sure that they have it. And what else, any other messages you want to convey to everybody? Well, everybody, you can find me at um, deprogrammed. Dot com. That's it's just D and then programmed.com or secretdoorpodcast.com will still get you there. Um, and I'm on all the iTunes, all the platforms, Spotify, YouTube, so you can find it there. Um, you know what? If I would just say you have to be introspective. I mean, when you're dealing with cults are everywhere. They're literally everywhere. They're in, in our government. Like they're just everywhere. And look for somebody who is coming at you and it's a really strange love bombing and are you feeling insecure are you feeling lonely are you away from your family have you just been divorced are things wrong in your life do you always feel like a misfit if you feel like a misfit and you feel bad and someone's love bombing you like crazy it could help boost up your esteem but it could also be a narcissist it could be a cult and that's how they get you so um don't let people in fast who are love bombing you that's one of the first signs is that they're like overly over the top trying to put say good things about you and it and it and it, it should feel weird it should feel weird and if you have a really low self-esteem it can you know it can be something that you always wanted and you feel special and like you finally belong and i think it's something that's one of the first stages to look at and on my website there's a cult 101 and there's lots of information about how cults outlaw and how they get you how the leaders lure you in and their tactics of recruiting that's awesome. I want to thank you again for coming. Uh, it was a really insightful podcast. I feel like this is a message that we should get out to people so they are aware of what to look for. And maybe by understanding some of the dynamics of what a cult is, they can look at society and what's going on right now and maybe discern the difference between what they're trying to do to you and what they should do, which is one of the reasons why I mm-hmm. thought this would be very insightful. Yeah. Now, uh, one more announcement I'd like to make to everybody is uh, I know we waited a while and I didn't bring it up before, but we've actually been picked up by a internet, uh, an internet radio network. So every Tuesday night from 6 to 8 o'clock, I will be going live on this radio network. And by the end of the month, we will actually be on iHeartRadio. 
So as of right now, I'm not up there just yet, but by the end of the week, I will be. You'll be able to get my entire catalog, except for all the subscription stuff. So please go and check out globalenlightenmentnetworkradio.com. We have a ton, and I mean a ton, of episodes of other podcasts. There's about 16 different podcasts, a lot of big, big names, and uh, we want to draw traffic there. Also, my YouTube page, of course, if you're watching via YouTube, I'm going to have it in the descriptions of all of the Tuesday night shows. So I will be coming to you every Tuesday live from 6 to 8. I believe we're going to be able to have call-ins so people can call in. We're also going to be have a gentleman by the name of Odin. He is going to be able to interject at any time. It's part of being on this network. So this is the first step in us taking over the entire world because Full Spectrum Universe is literally the best place on the Internet to get knowledge. And I'm not talking about knowledge that you would find in a textbook. I'm talking about point of views and research done on a level of which the likes you've never seen. So with that being said, I'm going to thank everybody for coming tonight. Uh, please check out Global Enlightenment Network. Dot com, and we are going to be there for the foreseeable future. Uh, everybody have a great night. I'm sorry, but we're going to have to go to the subscription side, so we'll see you all on the flip. Have a great night.